Do some apologetics in here, huh? <laughs> they know apologetics, the uh, group that uh, changes all the secular songs to Christian ones. Uh, I'm stalling for you. <laughs> so. There you go. There we go. Um, I got my voice back for a few minutes. All right. Hey, we got more six people. All right. I know that gal. Yes, Welcome. Welcome, stranger. No. I'm trying to make members of the audience uncomfortable. Try harder. Yeah, no. All right, well, good morning, Next Church. Let's stand together and worship the Lord. We need a joyful noise in here. I'm good at joyful noise, so you guys can uh, join in. Love so undeniable, I can't 
for beautiful weather. Praise God for snow and bad weather, what we consider bad weather. Praise God in all things. Amen. Amen. Good morning again, Nexus Church. I'm so glad to see you on this amazingly beautiful morning. I just have a couple of quick announcements. It won't take too long of our time today. But the very first one is I want to remember remind you that today after church we do have a family meal. Uh, <laughs> well, it's going to be good, but uh, we might need some of your help today because uh, my wife is kind of my backup goalie to my backup goalie to my backup goalie because today um, every single one of our church uh, kids ministry leaders is either out with sickness or they're coming back from vacation. So my wife is playing kids master leader person again, and it's been a few years. So she's also making the meal down there right now. So um but we have that afterwards, and so we may be asking some of you to kind of jump in to help us today uh, as we get done with the service. But uh, she's cooking that up right now. But please stay if you can. Even if you didn't bring something, we should have plenty of food today. Um, and then I'm going to play one quick video. If you guys could play that right now. Um, we have an equip conference coming up that if you can make it to, um, I'll keep giving you guys information on it. But uh, this is kind of just a quick clip of uh, what the equip conference looks like in a one minute segment. It's a weekend getaway. So take a look. Yeah. 
time I'm going to talk about Jesus this morning because He is the one that saves us and sets us free. Because I can experience the satisfaction of God in the middle of the deepest valley. Are you all grabbing a hold of this today? So you have some time to plan for it. It's not till the second weekend, I believe, in April. But uh, it is going to be in Bloomington, Minnesota, this week, which is on the or this year, it's, which is on the south side of Minneapolis. And um, if you are interested in coming, and maybe the the cost of a, a night at a hotel and food is a problem for you, we are definitely willing to make anything happen to make sure that you can get there because uh, the. the I mean, if you like anything ministry wide, uh, whether it's worship, kids, youth adults of any kind, and you want to grow in your understanding of what that looks like in the church, they have something for you. And then we also have large group time where we come together and we grow in our understanding of God and his word. And then, of course, there's amazing worship. So uh, I encourage you to uh, take a look, uh, read the emails that I send out or uh, talk to me and I'll give you some more information. And then lastly, before the kids go, uh, once again, we uh, we take our offering in the back now. So if you ever do bring your offering, just make sure you put it in the black box um, in the back. Or if you give online, we also have a kiosk back there for you to give as well. And we just thank you all for your support in making this church function, not just survive, but thrive. And uh, we value every single one of you. And we want to see Thief River Falls and beyond impacted for God's kingdom. Amen. All right, Extreme Kids, you guys head on downstairs, have lots and lots of fun, make some noise, make sure that we hear you, and make sure that uh, you don't get too hungry smelling all that wonderful food down there as you guys are having fun. The rest of you can stand up with us again as we enter back into some time of worship.
一句。
like a kid um, so we can go shopping and have fun we can just kind of sit around the house and have fun I mean just there we don't have to do anything extravagant it's just enjoying each other's company I can't imagine spending time with anyone else besides him it's just fun and that's the other thing you know you just have to have fun we like to try a lot of different restaurants we're big food people yeah, it's your favorite mm-hmm. food. Ethiopian. Ethiopian. even if we went to McDonald's 
for dinner and came home and watched TV. It was just our time together. Uh, we like to watch TV stuff, like on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Watch 24, watch Jack Bauer, blow up the world. He does have to figure out how to kind of sometimes just woo me, and sometimes I have to do the same thing for him because it's 32 years, you can get into a lot of ruts. For the life of me, I cannot get past the McDonald's. It, it just it doesn't. Every time I watch that video, McDonald's, come on, come on. You know you're from the South, right? All right, so we are back after last week's hiatus on um, whatever God had for last week. I pray that uh, that that spur of the moment God moved and wanted to do something else in our service. I pray that that spoke to you and, and impacted every single one of you who are here. If you weren't here last week, um, that means nothing to you other than the fact that this week's message was supposed to be last week's message. And maybe maybe somebody that's here this week that wasn't here last week needs to hear last week's message That's this week's. If you aren't following that, I don't think I followed it either, so that's good. But all that to say is we are on our third week of our five-week series on marriage. And um, let me tell you, I realize that some of you in here this morning, um, you're not married. And you don't ever plan on being married. And so a series, five weeks in fact, on marriage is probably like this is never going to end. This is ridiculous. I can't believe the pastor is speaking on this. I can tell you that so far in this series, every single one of you who's walked through the doors has been impacted by these messages. You can apply these messages, even this week's message on having fun in your marriage. You can even apply these in 99% of your relationships that are more than, you know, skin deep. If you have any relationships where you're connected to people at any depth at all, these messages are for you, even this week's message. And so I encourage you, even if you feel like this isn't for you, um, this is for you. But more so than anything else, over the last few years, I've seen so many things happen in marriages, not just here in Thief River Falls. I mean, we've had our fair share of, of seeing relationships that go through a lot of stuff. But I've, I've been working with pastors all around our nation, and as I talk to them, the same thing keeps coming up in every single one of our conversations. That is, the marriage is under attack. It should not surprise us, of course, because the enemy knows that if he attacks your marriage, he impacts not only the local church that your marriage is a part of, but he also impacts the kingdom of God. The quickest way to... Take out a move of God is to attack the families, to attack those individuals within the family, because I'm pretty sure you're well aware that when your relationship to your spouse, especially, is under attack, you are not very effective in any other realm of your life that consumes you. And so we want to address these things. And we have five things that we're committing to that I believe, even if you just get a hold of one of these You're going to be well on your way to a dream marriage. And if you can really get to all five of these, I believe that you're going to have the best marriage you possibly can have on this fallen earth that we live on. Of course, there's more than just five, but we're focusing on five because I think you guys probably are going to be done with me after five weeks of this. So the first week we covered, and I believe this is the most crucial thing in any relationship, whether you're married or not. And that is we committed to seeking God together. 
as couples. Seeking God together. If you don't seek God together, if you don't have unity there on reading God's word together and praying together, if you don't have that, all these other ones are not going to be as strong. And so I encourage you to, again, go back, process that for yourself. How are you doing in your marriage in regards to that? And I realize that some of you are coming from marriages where maybe you guys aren't on the same page. Uh, The best thing you can do if you're the one who's with a spouse that's not on the same page as you is be praying like crazy for them. I shared the message in the message that week that, you know, my my mom got saved when I was a teenager and we kind of got saved at the same time. But I'll never forget how her prayers and her love and her respect for my dad was what got him into the kingdom of God. And I'm so thankful that my mom was a praying woman who loved and was committed to her husband. Your prayers do make a difference. So be praying for them, that even, even if they're already saved, but that God would work in their hearts that they would, they would get to that same level and love Jesus like you do. So we're going to seek God together. That was week one. Week two, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how conflict happens in marriage. Conflict happens in every relationship, right? I mean, if you are semi-connected to anybody at any level, you're going to have conflict. It is normal. And we want to make that normal and understand that you're going to have conflict. That's normal. You're not a horrible person if you disagree with somebody and it causes frustrations inside of you. Conflict is normal, but how we respond determines the health of our marriages and our relationships as a whole. How we respond, how do we put others first? How, we, how do we die to our own desires and put our desires of our spouses before our own? So we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. This week we're going to talk about having fun in our marriage. I was so excited to speak on this last week. I mean, I almost gave you the message anyhow because I was just so fired up, but I was being obedient to God and I was following him. So we did not talk about that, but we're going to talk about it this week. Next week we're going to Lord willing, we're going to talk about staying pure next week. And then the week after that's going to be about never giving up again, things that every single one of us are going to battle in our lives, whether you're 99 or you're nine, you're going to battle with these things of staying pure in this world that we live in and then sticking to it and not giving up when we make a commitment. So we're going to talk about those in the coming weeks. So this week we're going to be talking about joy in marriage. Oh, man, it's a battle, isn't it? Like, let's just be honest and upfront right away. Before I even get into the marriage, to this message today about marriage, let's just be real. Joy is hard. Joy is hard in life. We're surrounded by things that are constantly telling you you're not good enough. You need to buy this if you want to be cooler or if you just want to be up with the times and you want to have fun. You got to have these things. The culture around us is trying to convince us that we're not good enough. We don't have enough. And you're not going to be happy until you get more. And this happens in in marriages all the time. And it's a battle. And I hear this so often. And maybe you've said this. Maybe, Maybe you have said this. Man, I wish that we would have fun like we once did. Man, I've said that. So often in my marriage, maybe I haven't said it out loud, but in my mind, I'm like, man, we used to have fun, right? I mean, we could just talk for hours. We'd have so much 
fun going and doing stuff. And, and we just we, we could do whatever. We had the freedom. But now we've got kids and we've got jobs and we've got a house to take care of that never seems to be complete and fully functioning. Like there's always something to do. And if and if I don't have enough stuff to do of my own, there's always somebody who needs help. Right. You always have somebody who's asking, hey, could you uh, spare some time? No, actually, I can't. I'm running around with my kids nonstop trying to keep them active in their own lives. And you know what? Even if you have time, right? Some of you have a little bit more freedom than a guy with four kids and activities nonstop. Maybe you have some more free time on your hands, but you feel like there's no way you can get the joy of your marriage back. Why? Because the things that you once did, you no longer can do. Right? I think, I think back to when my wife and I were dating. And maybe you can think back to a time. And, and remember what you guys used to do for fun. I'll never forget when we were in youth group. And my wife, my, my best friend and I, we convinced my wife to come to our youth group. She had to go 25 miles-ish, 25 minutes, to get to our church from St. Cloud to our small little podunk. Nothing youth group. I mean, there was probably 10 of us maybe on a good Wednesday night. But we had an amazing youth group. We we're all really tight, close friends. And so we'd have our youth group time. And then the same thing we did every week. We would go out afterwards in our big field, in our parking lot, and we'd play football. The group of us just had so much fun together. We'd hang out. We'd eat together. We'd, we'd play. We'd play during the halftime of the Super Bowl. We'd play football outside in the snow. That was the best memory ever. My wife rolled her ankle so many times. But you know what the reality is? That's what we had fun together doing. Right? You guys had stuff that you did together that, well, we're not in youth group anymore, friends. And my wife and I are not going to be playing tackle football anymore. If we do, it's going to feel really painful in the morning. The things that we did together early in our marriage just isn't possible anymore, right? And I'm sure you probably think the same things. Like, we just can't do that anymore. So what do we do for fun? And maybe that's exactly where you're at today. You're thinking, man, there is no way we can have fun anymore. Everything we once did that we had fun doing isn't possible anymore. We have no time. Well, I want to tell you today that God takes delight in desires. Get that in your heart. He desires that you have fun in marriage. He desires that you have fun in relationships. Listen to this. Solomon in Ecclesiastes. How many of you have read Ecclesiastes before? Just out of curiosity. Okay. If, you, if you've read Ecclesiastes, I promise you, you will walk away depressed. Because when you read Ecclesiastes, pretty much to sum it up, everything is meaningless. That book is nothing but negative. I never forget when my dad first started reading the Bible, he went to Ecclesiastes. Now, this is no knock on my dad. And if he watches this later, he can beat me up later. That's okay. But he, he was a pessimistic man. And I'll never forget when he started reading Ecclesiastes, he's like, yeah, this book is awesome. It's negative. Everything is meaningless. Like, okay, why, why was it that, that Solomon wrote this way? Well, because Solomon, the wisest, richest person known in all of the world at that season, and possibly even potentially ever, 
This guy had it all. He got to the top. He made it there. And he looks around and he's like, dude, this is meaningless. I've got everything. And to maintain it, I have to kill myself to stay there. This is so meaningless. And listen to what he said. After all of that, you know, you get towards the end. And what does he say? He says, here's what God wants for your marriage. Here's what God wants for your life. Live happily with the woman you love through all. And then he says the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. The wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. If you get one thing today, this is it. If you get one thing, I want you to understand that your marriage isn't something to endure. In fact, your life, if you want to just apply it broadly today, your life, your marriage isn't something to endure. It's a gift God has given you to enjoy. Get that today. Just put that in your heart. And I'm going to repeat it over and over again. It's going to be burned in your memory. You're going to wake up in the middle of the night tonight. and You're going to be like, my marriage isn't something to endure. It's a gift God has given me to enjoy. It's going to be burned in your memory. Because this is what God has given you to enjoy, not to endure. And so today, I just want to cover three ways or three practical tools that you can use to unlock joy in your marriage. Three, three tools. Three things. They're very practical. And if you even get just one of these today, I promise you, it's going to help you. But knowledge is pointless if you don't put it into practice. So you've got to put these things into practice today. So in your spirit, say, I'm going to do this. And I will be up front and I will tell you honestly today <laughs> that for me, this is probably the hardest thing for me to put into practice. This, this message right here will be harder than any of the other five that I preach on. I am a serious, driven person. I, w- I grew up, again, my dad is a great influence on me. He was... A dog at this, just so adamant that you work before you play. Work before you play. If you get your work done, then you can play. And I'll tell you what, my dad knew how to play. We had, I had a dirt bike track. I had snowmobiles. We went all over and we had a lot of fun. But that happened after we got our work done. And so for me, having fun is very, very, very hard because there's always something to do. There's always something to accomplish, always work to be done. And so I'm going to be honest with you today that I had to really process this message for myself this week. And I'll tell you, I had to make time to have fun with my wife. I did it one time. I tried to do it twice, did not successfully do it last night. I was tired and I didn't get it done. So let's take a look at these practical tools. The first one is time together. Time together. This is the face-to-face. This isn't... We're going to build on it in just a minute. This has nothing to do with doing things. This is just being together. I realize many of you are super busy and you're like, I time, where's that? Like, I don't have time to be with my wife. I'm telling you, if you can't start here, your marriage is going to suck just going to be honest with you. That's bad language, I realize. But it's, it's not going to be the marriage that you want it to be. Time together is key. Got to have time together. Anybody remember 
spending hours with your spouse or, or maybe a friend at one point where you just spent hours together. You did nothing. You sat in a room and you talked. Again, I have so many memories with, with my wife when we were first married. And what did we do? We sat in her room. It was in a basement. It was cold. It was dark. It was extremely small. And we just sat there and we talked. What did we talk about? I have no stinking clue. I could not remember for the life of me as I was writing this message. I'm like, what did we talk about? Maybe music. Maybe church stuff. Maybe our dreams or our, our future. But we didn't talk about anything specific. And I'm telling you, if I wasn't at work, I was at her house. Or vice versa. She was at my house. And we talked. And I had a curfew of 1 o'clock in the morning. Now remember, for those of you who are younger, I did not have a cell phone when I was a kid. I had the good old landline. And there was no texting, hey, I'm on my way. No, I had a call if I was late. There was no calling my dad <laughs> saying, I'm on my way. That did not go well. So we would talk. And at about 12.30 to 12.40, I knew that was my window to get out of there. I had to be gone by 12.40, no doubt, no questions. I had to be out of there at 12.40. And so we would push that limit every single night I was at her house until 12.40. I would be there, and I'd be on my way. Well, guess what? We get talking. And 12.50 rolls around, oh, no, I'm in deep trouble. I can't call my dad. That's not going to fly. Not a good idea. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it. <laughs> and this was my newly saved years. Remember, I came from a racing family. So there was no limits on how fast I could go. It's pitch black. Like, I'm going to know if there's a cop around. So I can book it. Well, they live on cul-de-sac on a frontage road in St. Cloud, just about a mile down from, from SCSU, so there's plenty of cops around. I didn't even make it out of her cul-de-sac, and I get pulled over. I'm like, where, did, where did you come from? She was just sitting there on the side of the road with her lights off. So she saw me not come to a complete stop, and she determined that most likely that kid is probably on something, so I'm going to pull him over and take him out and check him out. So I was definitely late at that time. I'll never forget that. I'll never leave again at 1240 or later. <laughs> but that's what happens, right? When you're, when you're newly in love, you spend hours just talking. And now what? I mean, you're lucky to get me sitting talking for five minutes, let alone for an hour. And what do we talk about if we are together? The kids, church, the work that needs to be done around the house or wherever, work, has nothing to do with connection. It's all about what needs to get done or what's gone on that day. Whereas when we were first in love, it was all about just each other, right? It was about each other, about good things, about what you liked about them. It was, it was feeding into them. So we want to read from the Song of Solomon. And again, this, this, these passages, they're going to be probably pushing us to a, our edge, maybe a little bit more uh, PG than what you would like. But um, 
I want to read chapter 7 in Song of Solomon. Again, this is from uh, King Solomon, the guy who is also a writer of Ecclesiastes. And so he writes an interchange between he and his bride. Or about someone. Could be him, could be somebody else, but I'm going to say it was probably him. And how he talked to his bride. In verse 1 we read, How beautiful are your feet and sandals, O noble daughter! Your rounded thighs are like jewels, the work of a master's hand. Your navel is a rounded bowl that never lacks mixed wine. Your belly is a heap of wheat encircled with lilies. Your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are pools of Heshbon, in Heshbon, by the gate of Bath-Rabim. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon, which looks towards Damascus. Your head crowns you like caramel, and your flowing locks are like purple. A king is held captive in his tress, in the tresses. How beautiful and pleasant are, your, are you, O loved one, with all your delights. And he goes on. Now, this sounds like it's very sexual, but for, for him, what he was doing here is he was feeding into her. He was building her up. He was encouraging her. He was telling her how much he enjoys her and values her. This was a good thing. And so this, this face-to-face stuff, it's, it's time together. It's building each other up. Spending quality time with your spouse will increase the joy in your marriage. That's the bottom line. Just spending time together. Now, for some of you, you got to be like me. And you have to make this a regular scheduled time in your calendar. Because if you don't, you'll fill it up with other things. But let me tell you right now. Outside of your time with Jesus, that you have on a regular basis, this is it. This is the most crucial thing. Your time with your spouse. Just being in the same spot together you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to do anything in fact i encourage you to get all the distractions away from yourself whether it's a phone a tv even radio spend time and remember to enjoy each other's presence again this goes for outside of marriages as well any relationship that you want to have strong and be built together in a friendship a partner, whatever, build that time into your schedule and make it a priority over anything else. If you don't, your relationship, your marriage will suffer. And remember, your marriage isn't something to endure. It's a gift God has given you to enjoy. So enjoy it. Enjoy it. Number two, a shared activity. So not... Now, this is probably maybe a little sexist. This isn't necessarily always the case. I know there's exceptions, but really, uh, typically, a lady is the one who likes that relational connection, that just time to talk together, right? Again, a generalization. Now, this is where the man really comes into play. Many men don't like to sit there and talk about nothing. I get you. I understand. We like to do stuff, right? Let's go find something to do. Even if it's just a walk, we got to do something if we're going to be together talking. But I encourage you, again, distractions keep you from getting to that, that, that meat of your relationship. But we also do need to do stuff together. Because I tell you what. 
activity, shared activity, doing things together connects to even a deeper level. And so we'll continue on in our passage. We'll just jump down to verse 11 because he goes on for a while and, and it gets a little long. But in verse 11, here is the bride speaking to her soon-to-be husband. Come, my beloved, let us go out into the fields and lodge in the villages. So what is she saying to her, her husband? Let's go have some fun. I mean, for you today, maybe it's we got to get a babysitter. It's going to cost us some money, but it's worth it. Let's go find a sitter. Let's go out for the weekend and let's go have fun. Let's find something that we can do together. And I want to tell you, on a monthly basis minimum, find something to do that you can have fun where it's you and your spouse together having fun. Because how many of you, when you were first married, you had activities that you did together? For my wife and I, we loved to go to concerts. That was just our thing. It's what brought us together. We enjoyed going to what at that time was called Club Three Degrees. It's now closed down in Minneapolis. But we just love to go to venues and just go to these concerts. Our favorite one was up on the screen here. Uh, the picture is a little bit blurry because of, you know, it's scanned in. But that was the infamous hill at Sunshine Music Festival in Wilmer, Minnesota. No longer in existence. But that was just a, a short view of... Tent City. We have great memories of Tent City. Now, if you don't know Wilmer area, Wilmer area is pretty much Thief River Falls, just, you know, five, six hours south of here. Flat, nothing. And boy, you have a concert in the middle of a field. Things blow. And, and we would see tents blowing all the time. We had rain, downpours, uh, all sorts of crazy thunderstorm warnings, tornado warnings. We had so much fun. And it was on that hill that I proposed to my wife because of all the memories that we had together. And uh, there's so many memories of concerts together. Definitely isn't as easy as it used to be with kids to go do this. But the, the point is, is activities together connect. I have so many relationships that when a friend moves on, again, this is, this is my, more of me personally than it is for some of you today, and I realize that. But man, I've had so many relationships where either I moved or my friend moved. And when they moved or I moved, our relationship dissolved. We didn't have that time together, that shared activity where we did things together anymore. And that, when that was gone, that friendship was gone. That's the hardest thing. And I believe that impacts our marriage as well. When we stop doing things together, it erodes at our relationship, it erodes our marriage, and causes us to go our separate ways. And how many marriages I know, and maybe even you know, where there's, there's really nothing left. You're two people in the same house, doing life, but not doing it together. You've lost that connection. So whether it's a relationship with a friend or a relationship with your spouse, time together is so important. And when we add to it doing activities, you get connected. So I challenge you, find an activity you both enjoy and do it regularly. I even take it further and say monthly. If you can do more, even more better. 
So your marriage isn't something to endure. It's a gift God has given you to enjoy. So we're going to spend time together. We're going to do activities together. And lastly, we're going to get a little PG on you. And we're going to talk about the making love aspect. Because this, I'm going to tell you this, is the strongest connection anybody will ever experience on earth. Let's read the end of verse over chapter 7. And she says to her husband, let us go out early to the vineyards and see whether the vines have budded, whether the grape blossoms have opened and the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. <laughs> Some of you are probably a little uncomfortable right now because what is she saying? Let's go to the garden, have sex. That's not something you say every day in church. Right? I mean, that's what she's saying to her soon to be, or it already is husband. I really don't know. I'm saying that they're married here because it's more ethical. But that's what she's saying. And some of you are like, well, that's the Song of Solomon. I mean, that's, that's a weird book in the Bible to begin with. It's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Okay, if you want to throw that card, how about we go to Proverbs 5, 18 and 19, where once again we read, may your fountain be blessed. And may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. And if you even want to stretch it further, we're like, well, that was kind of Solomon anyway. So, you know, it makes sense that he would say that. He had, you know, weird understanding. Um, how about we just go back to creation itself? What did God say in creation to the man? You must leave your father and mother and go to your wife and become one. And if that wasn't enough, Jesus repeated it in the Gospels and Paul repeated it in the epistles. There is something about that intimate relationship with your spouse we call sex or intercourse. There is something about that that unites us that you cannot find anywhere else. There is not another relationship you will ever have where you are as connected as with your spouse. This is a powerful thing that we will never fully understand because it's more than a physical connection, right? Right? I mean, we understand that, you know, that's a physical connection, but emotionally there's things that happen inside of you that connect you to your spouse, that draw you in. There's all sorts of doctoral things that if you want to study about it, that, that you can go read for yourself. But in essence, what it's saying is you are connected to your spouse emotionally, physically, and because this is a spiritual act of worship, it also connects you spiritually as well. It's a gift that God has given you that can never be met anywhere else. And it is why Paul says in, in one of his epistles that you cannot be separate for long, speaking of sex, lest you be tempted. There is a powerful truth hidden throughout the Bible of the power of a husband and wife connecting physically, emotionally, spiritually. It's the deepest connection in your life. And so will you prioritize that 
in your marriage or in your future marriage. Again, your, your marriage isn't something to endure. It's a gift God has given you to enjoy. And right now, maybe, I mean, I realize and I fully understand that every single relationship, if you're married in here today, each and every one of you are at a different place. I get that. And so how this hits you, it might hurt really bad right now because you realize that there are some things in your marriage that is not right. And that hurts. Let's not dwell on what you don't have. Let's focus on what you do have. Because here's what I know about our enemy. Our enemy, in, in John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, he comes to seek, kill, and destroy. And like I said before, the quickest way to destroy someone is in that, 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 that bond, that deepest connection that you have with somebody in your marriage. That connection, he wants to destroy that. Because he destroys that, he destroys so many things. He destroys other family members. He destroys churches. He destroys the witness of the gospel in the community. There's so much that the enemy is trying to do in marriages today. And he works in so many different avenues and different ways because every person, every relationship is different. And so wherever this hits you today, I want you to understand this one simple truth. God wants you to enjoy your marriage. And so where are you at? Where are you at? Where, where can you rejoice that we have this? Focus on that. Rejoice in that. And maybe this list to you is like, oh my goodness, I can't even begin. Where do, what do I even begin doing? Spend time together. Put it on your calendar and just begin there. Have fun together. Find something that you guys both enjoy and just do it together. Make it a habit. If you need a babysitter, figure it out. I don't have money. You have money to do something. You have a vehicle. There's ways you can get what it needs for you and your spouse to be together and just have fun. And it doesn't cost any money to have sex. Just saying. But I understand everybody's at different places and it's not that simple, right? I get it. I understand. I understand that you're having some probably many different thoughts in your heart. And so today, we're just going to have a time where we allow the Holy Spirit just to speak to our hearts, wherever you're at. And if you need prayer, I want to encourage you. This is a, a very sensitive thing, I understand. But find somebody. If it's not myself, find, find a friend. Find somebody that you can talk to and, and have that conversation and say, I want my marriage to be fun again. Because what's the point of this, this message? Let's have fun in our marriage. Let's have fun in our marriage. I want to have fun in my marriage. It might cost me 10 bucks to take my wife out and get her a Diet Coke and I get some ice cream and we have conversation like, can I do that once a week? Can you do that once a week? McDonald's. McDonald's that's right. I'm going to get her a McDonald's Diet Coke and I'll sit there and eat my ice cream. Amen. Thank you. 
I can do that. And I get it. I've got four kids, man, trying to find a time where we can go out and do that. So we just tell them, all right, guys, you go to bed. And we're coming back in an hour. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we had to do. Might be different for you. But that's, that's our free time when they go to bed. Last night we were supposed to go out again, but I was too tired. So what did we do? We sat and watched Hockey Night in America. It was great. Actually, Canada, because it's Canada, not America. But we're in America, so it's going to be America here. And I got to watch a backup goalie win a game for a team. That was pretty sweet. We had fun, right? Like, it didn't have to be much. We didn't talk a whole lot. We talked a lot on Thursday night when we went out. But. So we're just going to have a time. And I encourage you, um, during this song, maybe it's just time for you and God, but maybe you do need to, to have somebody pray for you. Or maybe you need to talk to somebody during the week. I encourage you, whatever that is for you, would you do that? And if the worship team could come on up, and if you could stand and just spend this moment uh, just asking Jesus, what would you have for me? Father, I thank you for this time. Father, marriage isn't something to endure. It's a gift you have given us to enjoy. And I pray that every single person who's married in here today will make that their priority. God, behind you, there's no other relationship that's more important. And Father, as, as I've said many times in the past couple of years, God, I am done having marriages be torn apart, especially in the church. That is not what you desire. And it impacts more than just that family. It impacts many families, especially in a smaller community, God. It affects so many people. And Father, we know that the enemy wants to seek, kill, and destroy. First and foremost, you. But he knows if he can get to your people, into what you ordained as your, your marriage, he knows that it impacts you. And so, Father, we're going to fight we're going to fight for healthy marriages. We're going to seek you first. We're going to fight fair. And we're going to have fun together. In Jesus' name, amen. Come out of sadness.
hopeless and all those who've strayed. Come sit at the table, come taste the grace. There's rest for the weary, rest that endures. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can cure. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face, oh wanderer. Father, for every single marriage that is represented in here today, uh, Father, those who may be watching online, Father, today with all the sicknesses that are out there today, Father, those who couldn't be with us but may be watching online, I pray for their marriages, God. I pray for every single marriage in our community, Father. We know that the enemy is out to take us out, but God, you are not. You are here to give us life and give us life abundantly. And so, Father, we come to you. Open up our eyes and help us to see what you see. Help us to see that those who are for us are greater than those who are against us, Father. That that enemy, is, he may have his arrows pointed at us. He may have the sword drawn and we, it looks like there's no way out for us to find freedom, to find joy, to find hope. But today, God, open up our eyes to help us to see, God, that there is all the hope in the world that we could ever hope for. And that is the power of our God. Who's bigger, who's better and greater, Father. Give us that strength today, God, to fight another day. And tomorrow morning when we wake up, give our eyes the ability to see again the strength of the Father who is for us. And give us power to fight again, to have hope for that day, God. Every day we wake up with a new hope that we are going to win the battle day by day. Because of you, Jesus, who died and gave us everything we could ever hope or dream of. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that willingly gave your life for me and for every single one of us. And, Father, I thank you, Father, for those who can stay and, and partake in the meal today. Father, I pray your favor over, uh, over them and their families and that this time would be great as we connect together, Father, over a meal. pray your blessing over it. I thank you for my wife who, who did double duty today and, and worked so hard to make this happen. I pray your favor and blessing over her. Give her strength and give her good rest over this, God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.